Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks, where we talk to people who broke free of corporate world shackles to start their own business. I'm your host, Neil Thompson, official corporate shackle breaker. You can find this podcast on my website, www.neilthompsonspeaks.com. You can also find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Please subscribe and share. Today's guest is Todd Levesque. Todd has lived an interesting life. He's managed a snowboard shop. He's interned with a high school photographer. He's bartended. He's been a bellman. He started four businesses and sold two. He's a hustler in the truest sense of the word. His passion for storytelling and understanding the world has focused him on his newest venture. I'm interested to talk to him about the twists and turns of his career, his new business, and plans for the future. Let's bring him in now. Hi, Todd. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Hey, Neil. How's it going? I'm doing well, thank you. First question, as a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? Well, you know, like a lot of kids, there's all sorts of things that go through your mind, but definitely when I was young, I wanted to be an astronaut. Well, that was be, <laughs> to be an astronaut right after I went to the Olympics. Interesting, <laughs> right? Astronaut and, and Olympics, that's an interesting, uh, interesting pair. What was your first <laughs> adult job? Um, that would have come, let's see, right after graduating the University of Colorado. And I thought I'd take a year to snowboard and I started running a snowboard shop. That would be really my first and only corporate job, I would say. And, uh, I went off there, got in with a, a group, worked about, um, one season just on the floor, selling snowboards, renting gear. And, uh, from there we, uh, they asked me to start running the shop and, um, somebody left. And from there, I also started a snowboard team, which I was really excited about because my degree is actually kinesiology and biochemistry. And so I also got some uh, extra certifications in um, what you need to train professional athletes. And that was the route I was originally on. And so I started uh, in this world of snowboarding, which I call the golden era of snowboarding, which was that that, uh, early, middle, late 90s in the snowboard industry. And it was so up and coming. There was so much investment in snowboarding that uh, when I started the team, if I just found some kid who could spin a 540, they'd throw some money his way, you know? And it's like, and for you listeners may not know, a 540 would be one and a half rotations um, off of a jump in a, on a snowboard. So that was my first experience with managing a budget and trying to get more money coming in and having a return on some of this investment. Wow, you know, I don't, I've never been on a snowboard, and I've never been that big a fan of of winter sports in general. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember when I was 12 years old, it was the first and last time I've ever been skiing. We went on a school trip, and I was in the seventh grade. I'll never forget it. 
And I started off on the bunny slope, you know, that's in, you know the beginner slope. And I didn't even really know how to work anything, the put up, putting the boots on and putting the skis on, all that other stuff with the oh, pole. Yeah. And I had the most fun actually just going up the hill on that on that lift. That was that was my fun. I know it's like but, a little know, ride, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like being a little like a little uh, winter amusement park, I guess. So I, I remember yeah, going down this bunny hill a few times, and you know I thought, okay, I could go down this bunny hill. I I can I can graduate to this intermediate hill. I probably should stay on the bunny hill because I never learned oh, yeah. how to stop. And so I get to the top <laughs> of this intermediate hill, and it, it comes to my turn to go down the hill, and I, I went down, and I remember just going, and I remember not being able to stop. I just kept you know, picking up speed, picking up speed, and I wanted to slow down, but I didn't know how. So I just ended up crossing <laughs> my skis at the front, you know, making an X oh, kind of formation yep. to them, and I just flipped pretty much. I don't, I don't know if it was a 540, but it was a, it was a pretty good turn. But <laughs> I, I flipped over. I remember I flipped, and then I got back up, and I'm still going down the hill, and I'm just praying that there's no one at the bottom of that hill because if there is, <laughs> I'm hitting them at full speed because, as I said, yeah. I didn't know how to stop. Luckily, there was no one there. I, finally, I, I, I come, to a, this, come to a stop, and I realized, you know what? I don't think skiing's for me. I took off the skis immediately, went inside to, in the chalet, and I got some hot chocolate and some and a, and a Grilled cheese sandwich, and that was my it, my ski adventure for well forever. <laughs> and that was actually in the early nineties. So, <laughs> you know, yep. That, that, I, I don't that think that's too unheard of. I think I think I probably went down the hill the first couple times that way too. And lucky for me, a friend said you should try snowboarding. And all of a sudden, I realized I didn't have to deal with two skis and two poles. I could just use one item, and uh, quickly that became board sports was my thing. So. That's interesting. I mean, I've always heard that snowboarding was actually more difficult than skiing. Is that, that I guess that's not the case? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's more punishing those first three days, but seriously, after your first, first, you know, on your third day, you're able to start getting down the hill. I mean, your heart's racing. There's a lot of adrenaline going on, but you're able to get down the hill. Unlike you might, unlike skiing, it, it's to me, it was a little bit easier. And I think that was definitely the lore that we at least sold people that would come and rent snowboards from us. <laughs> no, it's easier. Just give it a few days. But but it was, uh, it was a, a good time to be involved with it. Unfortunately, though, it kind of led to my second job. I loved it so much. I loved snowboarding so much. But what I found was dealing in the industry really kind of started wearing, wearing down on me. Um, I didn't want to have to deal with the money side of it, and I didn't want to have to deal with that. I just wanted to snowboard. And so what I ended up really kind of doing was I left that situation with my snowboard shop and, and the team and I went and got a job as a bellman. And that was really probably my first introduction to entrepreneurism. And I was pretty hooked after that. That's, that's, that's interesting. Going from being a snowboard manager to a bellman. I, the next question I really was going to ask you was, uh, you know, in the intro I gave, for, for you, I mentioned all the different jobs you had. So I guess after you left the snowboard shop, you, you worked as a bellman. Tell me more about that. What was that like? Well, you know, I had a, a good buddy who was doing it. And though I was making all right money running the shop, um, it was like 12 bucks an hour, you know, um, lots of free perks because everybody had to deal with the manager of the snowboard shop. Um, it wasn't that much money. I had student debt. So uh, I, I, when got this tip job and, and we were raking in cash as Bellman. I got to tell you, it was a five-star hotel in Vail, Colorado. 
and it was 1999, so peak of the dot-com, and we had all sorts of people coming there, you know, like dignitaries and celebrities, but high, you know, political celebrities, like Margaret Thatcher came to our place. We'd get Larry Ellison from Oracle come to our place. Um, Bill Gates would come to our place. The, uh, I forget his name, but he was the CEO and founder of Waste Management Services, you know. These guys all stayed at the hotel, and you would open their door, and they'd give you 50 bucks, you know. It was like, yeah, thanks. But the real entrepreneurship came when you realized that these guys wanted to get some services, and they wanted to get some inside services. So you would come, and you'd know the ski conditions, and you'd pull their skis down off their car because they just drove up in their brand-new Escalade, and, and you'd check them out and be like, hey, sir, you know what? Conditions are a little snow-packed right now. You might want to get a different bevel. I can hook you up with that with a, a ski tune, and uh, I can deliver them back to you in the morning. And he's like, sure, how much is that? You know, you'd charge them what we'd charge them. I had some buddies who's tuned skis. I'd drop them off to them on the way home from work. And then on my way to the hill, I'd take them back up, leave them at their room. And, you know, I usually charged them. That was usually a little bit $50 difference between what I paid my guys that were tuning up for me and what I told them it was going to cost. So I'd just keep the spread that way. On top of <laughs> what we did at Fellman, which was to get, you know, all the tips and all the get things for people right away, you know, everything like that. Even shine and shoes if we had to, you know. So it was, wow. it was, yeah. it was yeah. a hustling job. It was a way to learn how um, the ideas behind supply and demand and, uh, and where you could apply little efficiencies in certain situations to help things move forward. And that really stuck with me a lot um, when I started my next businesses. Oh, yeah, that certainly, I, you, you certainly sound like you had the, uh, the entrepreneurial spirit working as a bellman. I don't know if many people that, that take on that type of job have that sort of mentality, but, hey, that was, that was, that was smart on your part. So eventually, <laughs> you, you, you know, you're working, as I said, you initially started off working at a, a snowboard shop as a manager. You go on to work as a bellman. You've, you've had a number of jobs since then, and, I'm just curious as to what really motivated you to become a self-employed person in the first place. Hmm. You know, that's a great question. Uh, I think it's really because I wanted to just do what motivated me, what, what, what I was passionate about. And a lot of times when I did it for somebody else, I lost the motivation behind it. Um, I wanted to do it not necessarily my way. I wanted to do it in a way that felt um, that just gave me more fulfillment out of it and a way that I was dealing directly with the creation of something. So like now I've been a, a commercial photographer and photojournalist for a decade now. And, you know, when we, when I get to meet with the client and we have our creation sessions, it's, it's this idea, this collaborative environment that we have that suddenly creates this visual story that we're going to start proliferating. And that creation process is such a, it's not, you know, it's kind of an intimate process. We're like putting out our desires, our authenticities, our, our curiosities. And we're saying, what do we want people to see? What do we want to communicate to people? And I found that more and more to be my driving passion and has led me to the career that I've had for more than a decade now. That's 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 interesting to hear. You know, when you were when you were talking, I was just thinking a lot of people are probably motivated by those those same type of, of motivations. It's just it really what it comes down to is, you know, you said you had all these questions that you kinda of wanted to answer. 
And as an entrepreneur, you are allowed to answer them. You don't have to answer to someone else or ask them whether I can answer these questions or not. You have the control to, to ask whatever questions you want. And I think that's very appealing to you know, a lot of people that end up going into business for themselves. An issue that I'm sure, sure a lot of people that want to go into entrepreneurship come across is just, you know, for years perhaps they've worked as an employee at a company or at various companies, and it's just getting past the fear of going off on their own and not having a company's backing behind them and starting their own business. Did you go through any fear in, in becoming a, an entrepreneur or becoming self-employed? And if so, what did you do to get past that fear? Oh, man, I'm, I'm scared right now. <laughs> I guess that, that's how I know I'm doing the right thing, maybe. <laughs> and, and maybe it's not necessarily fear, but it is like sometimes it's worry, sometimes it's excitedness. You're just feeling the emotion of something you're putting forward. And when you're doing that, typically you're on the right, the right pathway. To make sure you are, you have your group of people around you. You know, you have your people that you'll bounce ideas off of. You'll have maybe a business coach. I, now I have business coaches. But back then I had my significant other or a friend. Um, so do you have that fear? For sure. Did I? And I still do. Every time I launch into, like, let's say a new photo essay that I'm going to do with somebody. I, I don't know if I'm going to get it right, you know. And I, as soon as I can swallow this, there's nothing right about this. This is a collaborative communication we're having. It helps me move forward more confidently. Um, the gist of your question, though, was how do you kind of get over that fear? And I, I think it's really being very authentic about with yourself about what you want. Because if you're in it to make the money, make sure you arrange your plan around the return of the money. For me, I typically, there's some things I've done around the arrangement of the money, but for me, what I do now most passionately is what do I want to express through uh, um, this creative outlet that we're about to do? And that is what will get me over the fear. You know, sometimes I won't even do that for money because I'm doing it for, let's say, working on uh, the community resource center in Encinitas is one that I've worked with a lot. And they, 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 they help manage our domestic violence shelters in North County, San Diego. And so like, yeah, that's just like, let's do stuff. Let's just do stuff to help people support that we need domestic violence shelters in the County, you know? Um, but I think to get over that fear, you need to have a plan. You need to know why you're in, in the game in the first place. You need to know what drives you to do this. And then you need to find the right, um, the right team together. So rarely do I think you do it alone. I mean, you got your own business, Neil, but, and though I do end up doing a lot of bookkeeping, bookkeeping and stuff like that, I got a tax guy that I talk to all the time. I have some legal friends that I hit up. I have, I want a really good bookkeeper, you know, so um, I think you got to be really authentic of what you want out of uh, your endeavor. You know, that's I think that's really great advice, Todd. And and the people that are listening in, I, I hope that they, they they heed those words. The authenticity is so important when even when you're just dealing, it's in your regular life because I, I truly believe that you know the average person can smell a phony, and no one really wants to work <laughs> with one. Yeah, right. <laughs> when, when it comes all down to it, absolutely. So I know for a fact that you are working on a rebranding effort right now. Please tell tell us all about that rebranding effort and what can people hope to see? No, man, it's it's actually quite a little bit of a painful process too because it's tough. I've the the lifestyle and I understand the lifestyle I've led now looking back on it and and the choices I've made, but you know, it hasn't left me um the most financially 
stoked person ever, but it leaves me <laughs> as a super stoked person overall, right? Um, right. But uh, so I'm trying to really narrow down my brand in this new world that is so um, not dependent, but it's so important to have a good social media presence, um, a very differentiated product like it hasn't like never before because you can see so much in social media now. Right. So you have to have a really driven mission and idea and style. Um, so what you're going to end up seeing with mine is I'm going to continue Epic photojournalism, which will continue to be a great outlet for commercial photography, photojournalism and teaching. Um, you'll start to see a little bit more of Todd Levesque, toddlevesque.com where you can start to, see just my skill set so what I can do what else I can be hired in I love video editing and I didn't really know that until I started doing a lot of corporate and commercial films and I can't believe it's like it's kind of like the creation session when you're with the client and then there's the production okay so the creation session is pre-production right then the production Mm -hmm. is when you're actually out there shooting and there's that excitement of I got to get the shot I got to get it I got to get it right and then in the end, it's when you're putting all these pieces together in the very end and you lean back in your chair and you got the music going and the, the audio and, and the visuals. And you're like, this is a beautiful puzzle that you're now seeing from a, a, a you know, a little bit um, wide, uh, higher altitude. So, um, so that, that Talavec.com will start to show a little bit of my general skill set. And then uh, TLV Productions will really just kind of highlight just my work in uh, um, video production, especially for the healthcare industry. So those three things are what is going to be launching here in the next, next couple months. It should all be done. I'm trying to decide it should be a simultaneous launch or should I roll one out? And I got a business coach kind of helping me figure that, get, get out of my own way on that. You know what I mean? So yeah. Coming. Yeah. We also have a new venture that, uh, yeah, that's just kind of getting going and I'm one of the early investors in it. Um, that we're calling Healing Ground. And it's a, it's a direct marketing platform to help consolidate the alternative medicine industry, so like acupuncture and chiropractic, uh, even yoga and massage. Really looking forward to that, but it's still a little bit nascent right now, so I can't really really tell certainly what this entrepreneurial project is, is right now, but it's, it's called Healing Ground, and it's, uh, it rewards healthy lifestyles, and it's, it's really a fun project to be working on. Interesting. Wow, it sounds like you got a, you know a lot going on there, Todd. One, as I said, one of the issues that people that want to go into business for themselves face is the fear of actually you know stepping out and and being their own boss and starting their own businesses. I think another fear or another issue that want to be entrepreneurs face is the the idea of how they're going to go about getting clients. So in your in your current business and your past businesses, how did you go about getting clients? everything for me, like seriously, up in the 80% has been word of mouth. Um, and I, and I, I take a lot of pride in that actually. It's, it's people that has enjoyed working with me so much. They'll tell other people about it. Now in today's day and age, um, you know, there's so much more, you don't need the, you don't need the, the person to person thing. You don't even need a phone call. A lot of times it's done through even just social media by, by Facebook messaging and things like that. So, I need to have a little more presence of that. I think you definitely need to have a good social media presence to get clients. Um, but that's all good. That's all window dressing. But what it comes down to is you need to be somebody who wants to authentically work on whatever the project is and for the right reasons. So, and that'll come from you connecting with that client. 
So I might be a little bit old school, but I really like really spending time networking person to person and connecting with people and potential clients. Consequently, my girl hates it because I'm always talking a little bit about business, whatever I'm not socially, you know, about photo or video or something like that. But it does kind of make you always working. But the best way to get clients is being passionate about what you do and sharing it with people. Best way to share these days is probably social media. I'm just not a big social media person, so I'm working on that. Um, but talking passionately about what you do to other people will get you clients. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you on the social media aspect of, of, of having a business. It's something that I know is important too, and it's something that I'm not very good at myself. I've, I've contacted numerous people, talked to people about you know improving my, my social media presence. And I think a part of my, my reluctance with it is I'm rather an impatient person. I kind of want to see results mm. quickly. And, you know, with, I'm sure you can, you can relate, but with social media, you don't see the results right away. It takes time. Mm. You could do something and, you know, months later, you, something could come of it. And it's just, man, yep. it's, 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 it's the waiting that's kind of, uh, it's, uh, I guess, something that you, that you need to get used to. But a lot of times you're doing, as you said, the one-on-one networking at you know, events or, you know, out and about, you kind of can get a sense more quickly on whether that's going to actually lead to something or not. And For sure. Media, you get to you talk to people. Get it. Right. You're, when you're talking to people, you see their emotion, you feel the moment, you know, then follow-up is huge. Like in any business endeavor, your follow-up is so important. But at least in that moment, you're getting that feedback, real, authentic, human feelings, contact, feedback. Whereas social media, who knows what that like is? Does that just come up the field because somebody, oh, I like Todd. I'm just going to give him a like. Or did he actually take a look and see what this project's about, you know, or something like that? It's a little, not mercurial, it's a little opaque. You can't really tell. But when you're talking to people, when you're getting it going with people, that's how things get going. Yeah, yeah, I, I fully agree, but maybe maybe we need to both of us need to kind of change our mindsets. We're a bit of we're kind we, of kind we of should probably of work on that, but <laughs> Another issue that uh, wannabe entrepreneurs have or reluctant entrepreneurs have is, you know, when you work at a job at a company, you get paid every other week. I mean, you you, you can oh, be man. you know you can be sure you can be sure of that. I mean, you know, barring that you get yeah. laid off or fired, that every other week you're going to get paid. <laughs> When you're working for yourself, that's not always the case. Typically, that's not the case. So in your past in your past jobs as an entrepreneur or even your current one, how do you go about dealing with those lean times where you're, the business isn't going as, as well as during those, those boom times? It's so stressful. I mean, I think that's where you need to have a good professional um, planner, financial planner, a good bookkeeper that also educates you in understanding your money. Um, instead of them just like crunching your numbers for you, but they also, you know, even educate you, or maybe you have a a business coach that has good financial knowledge so that you can really connect, especially in the creative field. If you can connect this idea of this passion that you put into the project and you see those financial returns, you'll be able to gauge your business much better because that is one of the reasons that I went into that. I, well, I kind of left wedding photography because I was kind of just over doing the wedding industry thing. Um, and I wanted to get more commercial because I felt like that's more business. There's a more reliability in it. I could get one client multiple times instead of a wedding here. Three years later, you get to do their, their newborn photography. And then you might get to their 10-year anniversary or something like that business arc. wasn't as appealing as I could find a corporate or small business client where 
Um, I'm in on their, their marketing strategy. And now I have the ability to work with them three, four times a year as they roll out their marketing strategies, you know? So I think trying to understand your industry will really help you plan for the, um, the uh, cycles of that industry. And then when you, when you get a sense of what that cycle is, maybe find another industry that you're really into and try to match up those cycles. So you keep good, consistent um, cash flow because cash flow for small businesses, for entrepreneurs, for creatives, especially is probably the trickiest thing to manage. And I wish I had a great answer for you, but it's stressful. It really is. And I think the best way to deal with it is to um, talk to other people about it that have some good knowledge in it, you know? Yeah, I, I fully I fully agree with you. So for those that are out there and listening and they're contemplating going into business for themselves, Todd, what advice would you have for them? Um, contemplating going into business for themselves. Maybe, you know, like I was just thinking about my nephew. I'm actually here in Ohio right now visiting my family, and um, my nephew just played his last senior football game at, at, at home game and stuff. So left me thinking about, you know, when I was in high school coming out and going to University of Colorado and things, I think I would tell people, honestly, I'd tell a young person, go get a corporate job. I never really did that. Um, a snowboard shop these days might be more corporate, but back then it sure wasn't. Um, and I think the learning some of those corporate values are a really good business skill to have. Um, you can also do things like start a nice 401k that'll follow with you for a long time. So at least you feel like you have something behind you, but a lot of times as an entrepreneur, you're, you're bootstrapping things. You're always on the edge that that can be stressful. So whether you're launching out now or you're preparing to launch out, kind of do a proof of concept, roll it out slowly, maybe keep your job a little bit to test your, test the waters a little bit. And then it's all about committing, Right. And your proof of concept, it's not only for the marketplace, it's for yourself. Do I love this idea that much? Is it really authentically resonating with me that this is part of my passion, that I want to give this product, this service to the world and get paid for it? Um, and have that curiosity to look within to make sure you're aligned. Are you really just wanting a new job or are you want to do it for yourself? Right? Those are two things you need to do before you jump out. Then once you do, it's about tenacity it's about always working on it and following up after you start to do that for a little while it's about boundaries and that's the part I'm on right now it's not trying to let my business life go over my personal life too much you know um but I think if you're just starting out start out a little slow test the water make sure it is something you want to jump into because when you jump there is no real parachute (laughs) it's just go you know so. Yeah, absolutely. That seems well. That that seems like a great place to end there, Todd. Thanks for calling in. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find uh, epicphotojournalism.com. That's E-P-I-C, photojournalism, no cutesy spellings or anything. Um, ToddLevesque.com. And usually on social media platforms of various things like um, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter is T. Levesque. Um, and then the Vimeo channel is Epic Photojournalism as well. Excellent. Again, thanks for calling in, Todd. This was quite a, 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 an education for anyone out there who's been contemplating going to business for themselves. Hopefully they, they heed your advice. Thanks again.
Well, that marks the end of another episode of Neil Thompson Speaks. To learn more about me and Neil Thompson Speaks, please visit neilthompsonspeaks.com. That's N-E-I-L-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. You can also check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. There are links from my website in addition to a link to the podcast. Until next time, please take care.